0: Nature Nerds welcome back. I am Jen. I'm here with my good friend Megan. Hello. She's going to tell a story today. I did see this story on, I don't know, I was perusing the internet. I want to talk about George. It's a little dog. He was the cutest little Jack Russell Terrier in New Zealand that you ever did see. Oh. So okay, so George was a Jack Russell Terrier and he was I think they said he was like 7 years old or something, but everybody loved him and he was the sweetest and he went with his people person everywhere. Yeah. People person. (laughs) His person. person. Yeah. There were five kids and they were walking home when they were attacked by two pit bulls. All the way, I guess, ages three to 12. Mm -hmm. And these two pit bulls just came running at them and started attacking the kids. Oh, no. And George ran out. And he started attacking the pit bulls so that the kids could run away and get safe. And the pit bulls ended up mauling him. Oh, no. And the owner took him to the vet and they said it was too extensive and they should just euthanize him. And so he agreed at the time, probably because when you see your animal completely destroyed like that. Yeah. But he said he regrets it because maybe he could have somehow pulled through. Mm -hmm. You know, after this happened, he was memorialized for his bravery and sacrifice and the Royal New Zealand Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, awarded him a medal of bravery. And that was the first time they had awarded that to a dog in 17 years. And he was the only non-police dog to ever get it. Oh. His owner, Alan, had gone to receive that medal at the kids' school. And also there's this other guy, Gerald Hudman. He's a United States Marine Corps veteran. And he was so impressed by George's actions that he told the local newspaper that he would send Alan one of his three Purple Hearts from oh, Vietnam wow. War. Isn't that- Crazy. Um, and then in, in 2007, later in the spring of the same year, they built a bronze statue for George. It's still there now. So isn't that really sweet? In 2009 it says the People's Dispensary of Four Sick Animals awarded George the PVSA Gold Medal a decoration Sky News described as the animal equivalent of the George cross. Oh. I don't know. And it was hung around the, the dog statue. I just thought that was really sweet. That is sweet. Where did you see that? Did you just come across it recently? I came across it recently and if you see his little picture he's seriously He's very the cute. The picture that is associated. I think I saw it on one of those like facebook animal sites right right for dogs yeah But he has the sweetest little face. And you can tell he's just, he's the bestest boy that ever was. I mean, animals do this all the time. But then, you know, when it gets awarded, there's like a little statue. Right? I mean, he saved like five kids. That's
1: pretty cool. And he's just a
0: little tiny guy.
1: Disclaimer, uh, like bully breeds are not necessarily evil or aggressive or anything No, it was the owner. Yeah. That's (laughs) like
0: 100%. No, the owner got in trouble for not caring for these dogs Mm -hmm. and letting them loose. And they were aggressive. Which can be any kind of dog that can yeah. be aggressive and attack people This just having Agreed. to be pit bulls.
1: You know, the other night I was on TikTok kind of late. I got on that side of TikTok that's just like all about dog training mm-hmm. and uh, just people kind of losing their minds about uh, people demonizing pit bulls and all those bully breeds or whatever they're called. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because most of them are real sweet. So sweet. Pretty much all of them. They're really common and they're everywhere and they're strong. So if something does happen, Mm -hmm. you know, then they can really mess up people. I can tell you from my six years as a vet tech... The worst dogs, and I don't mean this as that they're all bad, but the worst for biting was the dachshunds, oh, Cocker Spaniels, Chow Chows, oh, Chow Chows. Yeah, they're a little, they're a little scary. You just can't tell what they're thinking. But in all that time, I never came across any aggressive Pit Bulls or Pit Bull mixes or anything. But. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones we were most scared of, where dachshunds were super <laughs> crazy. And I love those dogs. Like, I love them. But it's true, though. I have met a couple dachshunds who are like... I think because
1: they're so small, <laughs> they just like... Yeah, and they, and they can kind of twist back at you. Yes. A little bit. It's very, f- and their little sharp mouths are very yes. long. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> and
0: Cocker Spaniels are real. They can be pretty oh, bad really? about biting. Yeah. But any kind of mixy dog, boonie dogs. Oh, always good. Always the best. Yeah, it's Saber. Saber so good. He's he's
1: a mix of something. I think he's Corgi
0: mix. I think he's Corgi, Beagle,
1: Maybe even a little pit bull. I look at it. I look at the top of his head and it's kind of squared off a little bit. Yeah. So.
0: Who knows? He's a beautiful concoction. He's all cat though now. <laughs> he's he's taken on the cat life. Definitely. Yes. Anyway, I have some, a little bit of science news, although that could be considered. A mini science news? A mini science news. Or we're just giving, we're just giving a little homage to George. I love it. He's on Wikipedia. Just look him up. George the dog. He has his own dog. Wikipedia page? He has his own Wikipedia page. Because he it. has all these like awards and stuff. And yeah. he's he's got the sweetest old head. Okay. My science news is actually about elephants. Because I know you love to talk about elephants. Oh. And this is from um, science news. october 21st by jake bueller 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 i just couldn't stop it and this is a gorongosa national parks elephants and they say they bear the physical consequences of poaching's legacy so what they're saying is that because ivory poachers had targeted Mm -hmm. elephants for so long in mozambique past hunting pressures has led to an increase of naturally tuskless elephants In one particular area in this park where they're being studied.
1: Right, because African elephants, we learned in the elephant episode, always have tusks, male and female.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So during the Mozambican Civil War, which lasted from 1977 to 1992, armies hunted elephants and other wildlife for food and ivory. Um, And this caused the number of large herbivores to drop more than 90% in the country's (sighs) Gorongosa National Park. So now they have these photographic records that show that as the elephant numbers plummeted the proportion of tuskless female african savannah elephants rose from about 18 to 51 percent wow yeah and they just say decades of poaching appear to have made tuskless more advantageous from Hmm. an evolutionary like standpoint interesting and just in this area because they were hit so hard Um, that's a pretty quick process yeah to evolve that not having tusks would lead to more survival from tuskless elephants that that happened that quick yeah that they evolved to not having them that's just wild So they say the rapid culling of tusk individuals changed the makeup of traits in the elephant population in only two decades. It left behind more tuskless individuals, and that's from an evolutionary biologist, Shane Campbell-Statton of Princeton University. The same team, they also analyzed the genetics of 18 tusk and tuskless females, and they zeroed in on two genes rife with mutations in tuskless females. It's kind of hard to say tuskless a, yeah it's a lot of s's sans tusks oh that's still the <laughs> that's same really, number of s's <laughs> that's even harder in humans the disruption of one of those genes can cause tooth brittleness and the absence of a pair of upper incisors uh, that are anatomical e- equivalent of that are anatomical equivalent of tusks but yeah it's just really interesting how poaching has changed the course of evolution in such a quick time. That's very quick. Tusks are not just ornamental. They serve a purpose. Detailing, and this is from the same guy, Shane Campbell Staten from Mm -hmm. Princeton. He says that elephants use tusks to dig for water and strip tree bark for food. Oh, okay. If an elephant doesn't have the tool to do those things, then what happens? So that's basically, they use their tusks. They need them?
1: Well, I don't know if you remember that there were these... It was like a particular group of elephants who would actually use their tusks to dig salt minds
0: oh yeah yeah Yeah. for that yeah to get salt well but it's amazing how animals are adapting to deal with our bullshit again right you know i'm just glad that whatever if they can adapt so they can
1: live i love that your science news was about africa
0: oh are we going back to africa we're going back to africa today. she just looked at me over her glasses and i'm (laughs) like this is getting real
1: serious right here getting serious here we are we're no longer in the spooky season
0: No, we're not, because we're in November, guys. We're counting down to giving thanks. Turkey season? Turkey murdering time, and um, (laughs) some... The winter
1: holidays. The winter holidays
0: where we don't have winter ever.
1: Never. It's so weird. It's It's a weird thing. It's
0: a weird thing. Well, I just want to say that Megan told me that I would not be super into the story that she's going to tell, which I don't know why, so I'm like kind of intrigued.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to be into it. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Okay. We'll see if
1: you're into it. Because okay. I feel like you have a respect for these animals. Oh. A healthy respect. Are we
0: talking about crocodiles again? We're talking about crocodiles.
1: I'm so sorry. I know. It's your favorite.
0: Oh, my God. I had another story. Uh, You know what? I just want to say, I'm sorry. I know people are like, just let's get to the story. But I had another story and I forgot because we were all spooky season. Yeah. Where another person, like it was like two stories where I almost like every single week I've been seeing a story of a crocodile attack, either in the US or in Australia. It makes sense. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to find them again. And then you guys, every week, I'll be like, here's their... We're going to have like Crocodile Corner where we just talk about some <laughs> horrible thing that took place. Oh, that sounds amazing. Okay.
1: So we're going to start out this crocodile episode by talking about the top 10 largest crocodiles ever recorded. This is on a site called No BS List, which I thought was kind of funny. And it was written by M. Osgor Neverez.
0: May 11th, 2019. But we know the largest because you already talked about that. That was the one that chomped down all those soldiers.
1: Yes, the saltwater croc. The
0: saltwater croc. Well,
1: saltwater crocs in general are the biggest mm-hmm. crocodiles. Okay. But we're going to talk about individual crocodiles Okay. Biggest captured, measured.
0: Lake Placid.
1: Lake Placid level. Okay, got it. Crocodilia.
0: Let's go there. Just adjusting my brain to talk about it. <laughs> all right, so we'll, talk, we'll start with number 10. Wait, are we starting from the largest to the smallest? Smallest to the largest. Okay, got the list it. Like. So we're building up to the largest. Yes. Okay.
1: Number 10 is Tawi Tawi is 16 feet, 11 inches. Uh, just FYI, from here on, they're all at least like half a ton to a ton, which is 2,000 pounds. Okay. Just to give you an idea. Like a small sedan. This one was actually found captured by fishermen on September 9th, 2017 in Tawi Tawi, which is an island province in the Philippines. So they just named it Tawi (laughs) Tawi.
0: No, I totally know that place. Some oh, yeah? of our turtles from the islands go there. Oh. That's where they live. Yeah.
1: And I can't tell if they were saying that it was aggressive just on its own, but apparently when they were trying to capture it, it wrecked a boat and damaged a bunch of fishing nets. Holy crap. Yeah. It was like, didn't want to be captured. Uh, Ruben Balscorza of the Municipal Disaster Risk Reduction Management Office of Tawi Tawi said that the crocodile is now under the care of the municipal government because killing a crocodile is a crime in the Philippines. I mean, there are like local and international laws against crocodile killing. It
0: just lives a in a pit him. and when they really need to get dirty with people in the government, <laughs> they, they just, just hold him, they, hang him over the pit. They
1: just suspend him. over. <laughs> th- it's the government pit. <laughs> it's like Everybody like, knows about it.
0: Like it's just super, uh, <laughs> what's the word? When things are <laughs> like... Intimidating? (laughs) No, when they're like... Corrupt? Corrupt, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Super corrupt, like mafia style. Right? Yeah. Good times. Turns out
1: that the Philippines actually has a fine amounting to 100,000 pesos. It's about $2,000 and you can be imprisoned up to six years for killing a crocodile. Wow. Tawi Tawi is still alive. That's the status since 2019. Heck yeah, he
0: is. Nobody wants to go to jail for that. For reals.
1: Matara Crocodile and Jaws 3. So these are two for number nine.
0: Okay. We'll start
1: with Matara. That's a 17 foot crocodile crocodile and you know what I'm pretty sure this one because it's in Sri Lanka might be a saltwater croc but I don't think they put it into the the description but anyway 17 feet long 17 plus feet long Uh november 7th 2016 it was found to be stuck in a canal in matara sri lanka and it was released back into the wild by the department of wildlife conservation who believe it weighs about a thousand kilograms and is approximately 65 years of age whoa still alive
0: 65 65 wow yeah respect
1: Jaws 3 is a saltwater crocodile, 17 feet long and weighing over a ton, thought to be the biggest croc in captivity in southern Asia. This crocodile was at the Madras Crocodile Bank Trust and Center for Herpetology, that is a reptile zoo and herpetology research station in Tamil Nadu, India, and it was started in 1976. Actually, he got to this place in 1976. They captured him and he was like, right after they opened it, this is where he was put. So 1976, it was opened by herpetologist Romulus Whitaker and his wife, Zai Whitaker. He couldn't be housed with other crocs due to his unusually savage disposition and devastating strength. Wow. Yeah. So he actually died, sadly, January 2020. Aww. So there's an update to this article. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, and then V. Gangadurai, he's the chief reptile... Keeper at the Madras Crocodile Bank Trust said, quote, I fed Jaws for 40 years. My wife still asks me what happened and some visitors still ask to see him. They get upset when we tell them he passed away. Uh, number eight on this top 10 is Puente noir crocodile that's not the name it was just found in Puente noir the republic of congo it is a nile crocodile that is 17.71 feet or 5.4 meters and sadly was killed in a safety operation so i think that might be a military type deal (laughs) (laughs) it just says safety operation i don't know they just that was uh
0: Safety from the crocodile operation. All right, number
1: seven is called Gomek. Uh, This crocodile is a saltwater crocodile that is 17.8 feet. Captured by George Craig in Papua New Guinea. When he died, he weighed 860 kilograms or 1,896 pounds. Wow. Before he died, obviously. He was purchased by Terry and Arthur Jones in 1985 and actually was kept in Ocala, Florida for five years before he was sold to the St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park in Florida. So he went from Papua New Guinea Uh and then he lived in Florida. Can you imagine? How does that even happen? How do you sell a crocodile across the world? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Gomek died of heart disease on March 6, 1997 and was considered one of the largest and tamest captive crocodiles in existence. He was probably between 60 and 80 years old and there's actually a tribute to him near his enclosure, uh, which now this is in the article which now houses his successor Maximo and his mate Sydney. So I guess Sydney moved on. She was like peace.
0: He's like I'm gonna go with this guy. He was the tamest.
1: Yeah, I think that just means he didn't try to murder you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Number six. This crocodile is called Cassius. Cassius was 17 feet, 11 inches, an Australian saltwater crocodile captured in 1987 in the Finnis River in the Northern Territory after attacking boats and causing a nuisance. That's a quote, causing a nuisance. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) is he just being a crocodile? I don't know. (laughs) He's just like throwing really loud parties. Right? Yeah. Just all night long. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. They're like, damn it, Cassius. Cassius was recognized by the Guinness World Records as the world's largest crocodile in captivity in 2011, so worldwide, because wow. that earlier one was just Asia. He's missing his front leg and the tip of his tail because of, I guess, some vicious fights that he got into. Heck yeah. He's like that alley cat. Yeah. He's the street alligator. I mean, crocodile. Oh, and my bad. He's still alive. I said was, but is. My bad. Oh, he's still alive? He's huh? still alive. He's still alive. So he lives in Marineland, Melanesia on Green Island in Australia, and he's believed to be around 110 years old. Marineland? It's called Marineland. I know it sounds... Not so great. Uh, he's believed to be about 110 years old and is named after Muhammad Ali, who we all know was know right. born as Cassius Clay. Yeah,
0: Because he likes to fight. Oh Yeah, exactly.
1: George Craig captured Gomek that we just talked about. I guess this is kind of a, like a fun fact. George Craig is thought to be the real life crocodile dun- Dundee, and mm-hmm. he spent 30 years with Cassius and fed him every day, but admits that given the chance, Cassius would eat him.
0: Yep, totally. Number
1: five, uh Yai. <laughs> I think I said that right. <laughs> Number five, a uh, Y-A-I. yai, <laughs> uh, yai. Perfect. Exactly. Y-A-I is 18 feet long. When I'm talking about feet, I'm talking from nose to tip of tail. Right. Just FYI. Because okay. I know sometimes when we measure snout reptiles, it's snout to vent. Yeah. But in this case, it's nose to tail. So uh, Y-A-I is an estruine. Estruine? Estruine? Estruine. Estruine? Oh, boy. Jesus. Estruine. Estruine, Siamese (laughs) hybrid (laughs) crocodile kept at the Samut Prachin Crocodile Farm and Zoo in Thailand. He is considered gentle and has a high tolerance for people and as of 2019 is still alive. That's all I have on that guy.
0: If somebody was like, here, he's fine. He's so gentle. Just come in and pet him. You can sit right next to him, get a picture. I'd be like, yeah. No, I'm good. Not in a million thousand years. Ever. Ever. That just sounds
1: like a bad idea. All right. Number
0: four, Brutus
1: love it coming in strong with the names here yes 18 feet four inches weighing about a ton so that's like two thousand pounds he's a saltwater croc known to frequent the adelaide river in northern territory australia brutus has an interesting little backstory his he's missing his front leg i don't know which side okay and people believe that it is following a confrontation he had with a bull shark that came up (gasps) in the river's estuary wow and i was like everyone should go back and listen to our our shark episode because you talk about bull sharks Yes. And how they can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Brutus survived and he is still alive as of 2019. And he is not in an enclosure. He's a free roaming.
0: Like, I'm Brutus. Saltwater I live here. Yeah. Take your chances. Mm -hmm. 18? What was? 18
1: feet, 4 inches. That's 5.6 meters.
0: That is insane. I can't like visualize that. And when I think of it like, you know, like walking down the street, it's like a giant It's like a Cadillac or something. Yeah. Or bigger. Bigger. For sure.
1: (laughs) Okay, this next one is Bujang Senyang. Rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) Bujang Senang. Perfect.
0: Got it. Perfection.
1: (laughs) Uh, 19 feet 3 inches, weighing over a ton, so over 2,000 pounds, a saltwater croc uh, living in Borneo. And the locals there say he's a man-eater who has been around attacking and killing for at least 30 years. Unfortunately, (laughs) he was killed May 20th, 1992.
0: Unfortunately.
1: I mean. I mean. He's just trying to live his best saltwater croc life. You know what I mean?
0: I wonder why he was murdered. (laughs) Because he's a
1: man-eater.
0: Like, if somebody ate my mans, I would go out and I would murder that crocodile. I
1: 100% forgot to make this joke about how we just transitioned from the Donner Party to man-eating crocodiles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I meant to make that joke, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> I might. That's so good. I, I got it. I, it's, there it is. It's good. It was it's, great. Well, I mean, tell the joke. But That's it. it. That's, okay. it. That's oh, all that I was, was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Now I like I'm it. It's like, you're going to be like, Jen, you know, like
1: last week we were talking about the Donner Party. Well, now we're going to talk about a different kind of man eater Didn't Like that.
0: Well, you could cut that in. Probably. That'd be amazing. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, Number two is Dominator. Wow. Number (laughs) two. I'd probably just like...
0: Blast everybody's (laughs) ear holes. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: Apologies. (laughs) The Dominator. He is 20 feet long. He has never been officially measured, but is estimated that he measures up to 20 feet and weighs over a ton, obviously. He shares the same territory with Brutus, our friend Brutus in Uh, Australia. uh, He's the one that ate the hand. Uh, Brutus is the one that his arm got eaten by. a shark
0: yeah this is the culprit
1: maybe they're like it was a shark but the dominator's like was it the
0: dominator's like i totally ate his hand it was amazing it was so tasty uh so they are both in the
1: they frequent the adelaide river northern territory australia just i'm giving you the information
0: the biologists who name those thank you (laughs) yes because i like to think of the dominator brutus and and dominator he's he's a practicing scientologist definitely (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So yeah, they're both still alive. They're probably hanging out together. Just like constantly like remember that one time when I ate your arm? They just like, and they're like, and Bruce they're is just like, slamming a Faustus.
1: <laughs> Australian phobia. Which I guess not really. Oh, no uh, one, yeah, we've, we learned about that. All right. Are you ready for number one? Oh, number so one. Ready. Should we do like a drum roll or something? No. No. Um, this crocodile is a saltwater crocodile named Low Long. Twenty feet three inches at six point one seven meters, weighing oh two thousand three hundred and seventy pounds or one thousand seventy five kilograms. I
0: want to know how they got the weight on all these. They just crocodiles. they just
1: got like one of those truck weight things, you know, like when. So they pulled them out of the pressure. water. Yeah, definitely
0: wrapped up their <laughs> wrapped up their their jaws. Yeah, and uh, pulled them out of the water and weighed them. Like that's a thing. He was the largest crocodile ever measured uh-huh
1: in the world uh australian crocodile expert dr adam Britton sedated and measured lolong in november 2011 and confirmed him as the world's longest crocodile ever caught and placed in captivity he was captured in agusan del sur in the philippines wow. in september of 2011 he was actually hunted for three weeks and once they found him it took 100 men to bring him up on land oh. and you can go online and watch a video of this crocodile's capture and he is not happy he's like thrashing all over the place, super crazy. Um he was really aggressive. He broke the restraining
0: ropes twice. So they had to like they had to like very quickly wrap him back up. That is very like placid, like the helicopter and oh, he, yeah. like Grabs the helicopter and brings it down. eats it. Um,
1: He's estimated to be about 50 years old. And Lolong was suspected of eating a fisherman who went missing in the town of Bunawan and also consuming a 12-year-old girl (gasps) whose head was discovered two years earlier.
0: No! Yeah. Yeah, I would want to murder that. And
1: then I think this might be a typo. I think they meant to write horses, but it says he was also the primary suspect in the disappearance of seahorses in the area. And I was like, he's just... Eating like sea little sea horses, horses.
0: <laughs> because they're so damn cute. Like, why? Why would you do that?
1: I hope that's a typo but I was like why no I feel horses? like
0: horses went to drink water yes and he just Ate murdered them, them. because seahorses I mean come on I yeah uh, yeah horses by the sea makes sense <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was some kind of there was some kind of mis- translation? translation yeah, yeah. loss in translation situation so in the examination of the stomach contents after his capture remnants of water buffaloes uh, reported missing before Lolong's capture were found but no human remains uh, the crocodile was named after after Ernesto Lolong Golaran Canente, one of the veteran crocodile hunters of the Palawan Crocodile and Wildlife Reservation Center, who led the hunt during this time when they were stalking the crocodile Lolong Canente, this guy, he ended up dying of a heart attack. Like, a couple days before they actually captured him.
0: Oh, bummer. Yeah. They didn't find human remains, but he had eaten a fisherman fairly recently.
1: Probably the reason they didn't is, let me explain real quick. So when they captured him, he experienced what's called capture myopathy. So Uh essentially, he's just in shock from being captured and kind of depressed. And he ended up dying 18 months later, around 8 p.m. on February 10th, 2013. So when they necropsied him, there were no human remains, but they did find a bunch of remains from water buffalo.
0: That's a long time. (sighs) Wouldn't they have like processed all that?
1: Uh, you would think so. I don't know how they're saying that there were buffaloes reported missing before they captured low long. That's like two years almost, right? Yeah, like yeah, a little under. It's like a year and a half, but that's still, still weird. I guess maybe that's how long beef sits in your digestive system. Ew,
0: just years. I mean,
1: they say that <laughs> really, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know enough about gastroenterology.
0: Well, it. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I feel sorry for him that he died
1: yeah. so quickly. Well, and his necropsy showed that he died from congestive heart failure compounded by fungal pneumonia, lipidosis of the liver, and kidney failure. Wow. So I think he was like. He just fell apart. Uh, I'm going to talk about this documentary, and they do mention in it that large crocodiles that are captured uh-huh. are really hard to keep in captivity because they typically will die quickly because they just can't.
0: They just can't. They just can't. Yeah. It's like taking down a king. From yep. his uh kingdom, mm-hmm. whatever
1: I mean, that's essentially what they're saying this capture myopathy is, yeah, is that they're like in shock that anyone could even d- do anything to them. Yeah, yeah, because
0: they're the apex.
1: Apex predators. Yes. Okay, so let's real quick talk about the Nile crocodile. I know that we did the saltwater croc.
0: Nile crocodile.
1: <laughs> and these are just going to be quick facts because very similar to all the crocodile stuff we talked about before. Uh, so scientific name is Crocodilus niloticus. Yeah. Sounds good. Crocodilus nilocticus. They have an average lifespan in the wild of 45 years and they are average size 16 feet long and weigh 500 pounds. So if you remember back to our list, uh-huh. the ones that... That were on that list that were Nile crocs, which I think there was only like one, maybe one yeah, or two. It was one over sixteen feet is large. Oh uh, yeah. So Nile crocs are found in an area where their habitat overlaps with humans, so run-ins are more frequent. They are considered kind of like a man-eater. Also, since they're opportunistic feeders and into anything that moves, humans who are fishing, washing clothes, or playing in the water are possible targets. Approximately two hundred people die by croc consumption each year. Ugh. I couldn't figure out a better way to say that, so that's how I said it. Sorry. Crocs consumption Mm -hmm. they are africa's largest crocodile and they live throughout sub-saharan africa the nile basin and madagascar in rivers freshwater marshes and mangrove swamps they mostly eat fish but also again they eat anything Uh, zebras small hippos porcupines birds other crocs and they also eat carrion
0: don't care just get in my belly
1: uh they eat up to half their body weight in one feeding and they of course can just like a lot of reptiles can go long times without eating as well fun fact they're very caring parents which i think is kind of like a crocodile trait right like all of the crocodile alligators like they're pretty like caring about their babies really they, they kind of like hang out with mom oh and their they, babies they
0: like right around on their back yeah Cute.
1: <laughs> Jen's like looking at me like it's cute.
0: yeah It's pretty fine. cute until they get big enough to eat your consuming. face off. Both mom and dad guard the nest
1: until the eggs hatch, and they are known to roll the eggs gently in their mouths to help the hatchlings come out. oh they're hatching. Yeah, uh, they were almost hunted to extinction from 1940 to 1960, but now they have local international laws protecting them. So that's helped in their current listing, and they're currently listed at least concern. Okay. But of course, pollution, poaching, and habitat loss are causing issues with them. Today.
0: Absolutely.
1: This next crocodile that I'm going to talk about is a freshwater Nile crocodile who was featured in a documentary called Capturing the Killer Croc. This documentary was made in 2002, I believe, and then it aired on PBS in 2004. Okay. And it's filmed in Burundi, East Africa, which is a small area between Tanzania and Rwanda. And it's focused in the Rusizi National Park, which was established in 1980 on the Rusizi River which feeds into the largest lake in the world, Lake Tanganyika, which is also the second oldest freshwater lake in the world. Oh, wow. Fun story. Man-made or natural lake? Natural lake. Oh, okay. It's the lake region in Africa. Okay. East Africa. A lot of crocodiles live in this area. There's a big delta. And in this story, we're going to follow a French guy. His name is Patrice Fay, who is referred to as a herpetologist, a hunter, and a traveler. But I'm not entirely sure what his deal is. I don't see where he went to school for herpetology or anything like that. But people just refer to him. I think he's an enthusiast. Yeah. And he seems to be super into crocs and snakes and stuff like that some quick facts on his French Wikipedia page I okay translated to English originally he was a plumber when he started working like he started out his career as a plumber crocodiles in the sewers uh, maybe that's how it happened uh-huh. uh, but he has a real passion for travel he ended up going to Canada Rhodesia and then South Africa and he traveled to Burundi on a bike like wow. he just was like I'm gonna go to Burundi and he went there and ended up settling on the lake Tanganyika. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's that's about the time he starts working with snakes and crocodiles. He gets really interested in them. Um, he gets married to a Rwandan woman. They have two kids. They save hundreds of people during the civil war between the Tutsi and the Hutu, oh. uh, giving them p- uh, places to hide and food. So if you aren't familiar with the civil war that happened in uh, that area... Rwanda and oh yeah, uh, we all saw
0: the movie Hotel Rwanda. Yeah, it was savage. It was
1: going on in uh, Tanzania, Rwanda, and then mm-hmm. this area Burundi. Uh, it was really bad. There was a lot of yeah, murders happening. Yes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: he's like, you guys, I can hide you in my herpetology <laughs> <laughs> in my There's lab. There's some crocodiles in here, but don't worry about <laughs> don't it. Don't worry. Fine. They're all like, oh. <laughs> it's like you got it. It's like, like your only place to hide. Yeah, <laughs> just snakes and crocodiles. You're like, right. Okay.
1: He started an NGO called SOS Infant do Burundi which I think means like help the children of Burundi Oh, that's my French.
0: Yeah, he sounds like (laughs) such a cool guy. Yeah,
1: he also opened three schools to teach orphans and destitute children. This is kind of a weird thing that happened and I don't know how to take it. April 2011, five 13-year-old orphan girls accused him of rape. (gasps) He had a five-hour trial in a language he doesn't speak and the girls were not cross-examined or like brought into the courtroom. On July 25th, they sentenced him to 25 years in prison and his son says that his arrest and conviction are all part of a plot against Against his father, uh, something about having to do with like political vengeance. And the French government is also apparently behind him, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs gets him repatriated to a national territory. I'm not sure where they sent him, but as of now in 2020, he lives in Togo. He's not incarcerated. So I don't know what the situation was with that Uh exactly, but it seems like he was being targeted. Right. Uh, Possibly. Politically
0: driven. Yeah. Something. Well, it sounds like I mean, if he was doing that, if he just pissed off the wrong person. Right. I hope that's not true. I know. I I didn't find a lot about, like, too
1: many details about well, it. Well, I
0: would imagine that if the French government is supporting him, then he right. must have some pretty good evidence. That, to the contrary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would never want to tell a victim of sexual or domestic violence that I didn't believe them. Yeah. Um, and I would hope that someone wouldn't use women in that way to, like, pull some kind of revenge on someone for some political purpose or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
0: but I mean, look how messed up that place. Yeah. Was. True. So,
1: yeah. Uh, we're going to start out this documentary. Patrice is patrolling the Delta area on the river Rizzizi. He finds illegal traps and they actually end up getting this kind of small crocodile out of the trap uh, because you the crocodiles there are protected by international law. So there's still poaching that goes on. Ew. Yeah. Not cool. Always
0: with the poaching.
1: Okay. So I was not prepared for this, but they actually find parts of a body, like mm. a human body on one of the riverbanks, like a torso and a foot. You can clearly see them. I was like what am I looking at and then it like hit me and I was like oh my that's a like fully a body
0: in the documentary in the
1: documentary they don't even try to blur it out I was just like whoa, whoa. Like, you never see that. so On PBS,
0: um, of all things. They find
1: this body. They're kind of talking about, like, why it washed up there. And all the guys who are with him, they know who did it. It's this crocodile named Gustav. Then they start kind of talking about how fishermen, poachers, and swimmers in that area or, like, women doing laundry, that kind of stuff in the river, are frequently killed by crocodiles. Like, it's kind of a thing. Okay. And they talk about how Gustav is, like, number one man-eater.
0: For sure, this guy named. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's such a French name. Let me back up.
1: Gustave. I'm like. Patrice 100% named him Gustave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. This documentary is about their plan to catch Gustave. Patrice goes to the capital of Burundi and he meets with their environmental minister. They have the scene and there's like a like a military guy with like a full ak-47 just standing there in the meeting room while they're meeting to talk about this crocodile that he wants to catch for scientific purposes measure and wow. he wants to keep it alive he's like i want to keep it alive i'm gonna build this giant trap it's gonna be great and the environmental <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so great the environmental minister is like that's fine yes he agrees this animal is exceptional and worthy of study he tells patrice listen you only have two months to act because in two months there's going to be a change in government and possibly another civil war
0: oh so
1: patrice is like cool 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 i'm gonna go now i'm going to make this design this trap Uh this giant trap for this and i'm gonna catch him i had so many questions in between this scene and like them making the trap i was like do you have a permit like this is a internationally protected animal how are you going to handle and catch is is there like maybe I'm is it protected there it is they, okay. They
0: say it's protected there. Well, I bet if he got permission, they gave him a permit. Yeah, maybe that's when it happened. Yeah, if he went the to office. the room where where the guy with the guard was holding the guns, I feel like that's the important people right there. Maybe it was like 10 years prior to that, that was him getting the permitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, probably.
1: He was just filling out forms and talking to people and refilling out forms. All the bureaucracy. Just, I mean, I can't imagine he just walked up in there. They have this little interview. He's like, here's your permit. Okay, yeah. good. You're good it's to It's go. like there.
0: In the yeah. drawer. He just opens the drawer of his desk. He stamps it and he hands it over. Yep.
1: Done. Good to, good to go. You guys, permitting is easy. He actually makes like this model of the trap and a drawing of it. It looks like a 30 foot humane cat trap. Again, I'm thinking, where do you get the funding for this? It's a huge trap anyway so
0: he wrote a kick-ass grant yeah pbs
1: pbs funded it <laughs> i think so so he calls up this guy mark Gonswana, who's i think also french he's been in tunisia and he has a crocodile farm there so they're going to go to this uh riziki national park where the river is riziki river and they're going to kind of do some scouting and see what they can find in the 1950s this area that is now riziki national park there used to be like a bunch of water buffalo there and like all these different kind of ungulates mm-hmm. and stuff like that but Now, basically, the only large animals there are crocs and hippos.
0: Because Gustav ate them all. Gustav ate them all.
1: They are going to look for Gustav. And Patrice is explaining this crocodile to Mark. He's like, listen, he's 20 feet long. He's 100% at least one ton. Like he's 2,000 pounds. People have very rarely seen him, like Mm -hmm. actually seen him. And Patrice himself has only saw him one time in 1998, or 1999, he says. He can't remember. He Mm -hmm. took a video of it. It It's like a VHS video. I imagine he was out there with like a giant (laughs) camcorder. On his head? Yeah. And he took a video and it's like, I mean, this crocodile is huge and super creepy looking. Actually, there are a lot of urban legends around this crocodile so some people say he's actually 40 feet long and that he's red and yellow and that he has like grass growing on him love it yeah just like i mean he's like this mystical being uh-huh. he's in like the i river. am
0: gustave mm. <laughs> come we eat croissant <laughs> are we doing this oui, oh, oui, oui.
1: <laughs> patrice is like this crocodile is super bold he hunts on beaches. Everybody knows who Gustav is. Like you ask anybody and they're like, yeah, I know that guy.
0: I'm picturing a cartoon version of Gustav. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the like the crocodile from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Like with a scarf. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like a little beret <laughs> and, a, and a cigarette. Sunglasses. And like a holder. Yes. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> they realize that they need more help patrice is making this giant trap he's got like the whole village working on it like this metal works and you know mark is there to help him track it but they're just they're having a hard time finding any kind of sign of gustav so they call up allison leslie who is a south african croc specialist and she has trapped over 400 crocodiles in South Africa. Wow. Badass alert. She comes down and they kind of go to other places together, the three of them, and Uh they're talking about how they haven't seen Gustav for two months. Crocodiles like to be in places with slower moving water, and they also like a protected bank that they can go out and sun on. Mm -hmm. There's like sandbars in the middle uh, they like to hang out on. And so they're looking for these areas to place the trap. They're like, we're going to put this trap on the sandbars. And they're just going to put a goat in there. there. It's very like Jurassic Park. I swear. I swear to God, Jen! Is there really? We're gonna talk about it. Oh, I'm Poor sorry. Poor goats. Uh, they have 20 workers from the village that's adjacent to the reserve making the enclosure that they're gonna put Gustav in. Mm-hmm. It's like this giant enclosure, and the you know Mark looks at it and he's like, "I don't know, man. I think you need to make it bigger." In my mind, I'm like, "They must be exaggerating this," because I mean, the video looked impressive, right? But I'm like, uh, I don't know. Is
0: he really that big? So.
1: <laughs> Anyway, and this is the part where they start talking about how they need to make it a really big enclosure. They need to give him enough space and a shady area and all that stuff that reptiles need because large crocs in captivity typically die within a few weeks of capture. Give
0: him a giant heat rock.
1: Right. just have like a light. (laughs) A
0: lamp. Heat lamp. Right. Uh, so
1: they start out their search by canoe. So they go in those like small wooden oh, canoes no. just in the water. I know. Hell and I'm just no. like, Jesus. Then they go on four by four. Then they do just on foot.
0: Just I- send a drone. Right. What year was this? This is this is 2002. Oh, bummer. So, sorry, Jen.
1: Allison is doing most of the searching because she's really good at tracking crocs, right? That's like what she does. They're working on the enclosure. They're looking working on the trap, whatever. I don't think that Patrice and Mark actually help her so much. With Mm -hmm. the searching. So Allison and then this guy from the reserve are going around and looking for this croc. They end up getting a hot air balloon and going up in a hot air balloon. And I was like, this is kind of genius because it doesn't have the basket. They're just like, it's like the hot air balloon, but then it just has like a little seat. And they're just sitting in it and like flying along and looking down and it's going slow. You know, it's like, it's not like if you took a
0: helicopter or something.
1: Yeah. And I was like, man, we should start writing that into stuff. Like,
0: we're going to need a hot air balloon to do well, these we're surveys. absolutely going to need a hot air balloon for this project. But what amazing. if it fails right when you're above Gustav? And I you mean, just fall like his mouth is it's just open. open.
1: I thought about that. Yeah. Like, as they were floating along. Yeah.
0: So they end up finding
1: this promising area. They're like... This looks really good. I think that he's going to be here. She can see. I don't know. She sees something that I have I no want to see what she, she looks like. She, so she grew up in South Africa. Uh-huh. She's white. She's got like kind of short. Oh, God. It's like that short hair. Not quite like I want to speak to your manager. Hair. It's It's like much shorter. Like 1990s.
0: Karen? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. But she seems super cool. But that's back in the day when the Karen hairstyle was still okay. It, it was like
1: normal. Everybody had it. Yeah. 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 Like
0: the Julia Roberts.
1: She kind of reminds me of the mom from My So-Called Life. I guess I'll just have to watch the documentary. It's it's not very long. It's on YouTube. Okay. I Okay. I'm putting the link in the stuff.
0: Okay, so I'll watch it. So people can see it. Yeah, it's
1: really good. It's like, I think, three days or something that she's looking for Gustav, and she thinks that she's found him. I guess he can tell that they're there, because crocodiles can smell. We, I think we talked about this in the Saltwater Croc episode. They can smell really well. Okay. Up to like four miles. I don't remember that. That's amazing. She ends up sitting up a blind
0: to watch animals. A blind. Yeah, like a hunter's blind. Like a hunter's blind, yeah. Okay.
1: She lays there, and she finally sees him, and they... Show him on this documentary and he is impressive. He has rows of scars, Jen, by machine gun fire. What? He has been impaled by spears. You can see it on him. And he's because of this, I think she's saying that the reason he's cautious of humans is because of all of the damage that he's endured from being shot at. Yeah. Probably he was being shot at because he might be attacking someone.
0: He's eating people. It's possible. Yeah. Or they're just scared. So insanely scared.
1: Yeah. There's this clip of him in the water. And then there are these other crocodiles on the sandbar. Mm -hmm. And he comes up to them. And you're like, he's like three times bigger than them. And they are adult crocodiles, like fully formed. And there's a female crocodile. And he comes up to her. And she exposes her throat. And I guess that's crocodile for submission. Like here's my throat, you can kill me, it's cool, I'm no threat. Right, he is the the lord of the (sighs) crocodiles. He's, He's in charge of everything. Yeah, for sure. He's like, hello, I'm Gustav. I am, uh, how do you say, you know,
0: (laughs) I'm your leader,
1: the leader of all of you. And
0: she's like, here, here's my throat, Gustav.
1: (laughs) There is a story. I I guess it has like some corroboration from a guy who was working in the national park who saw Gustav kill and eat an adult hippo. So there's this big thing. Yeah, there's this whole thing about how crocodiles. Just, I mean, they can eat small hippos, like unattended baby hippos, which is not very common. But the fact that he ate an adult hippo is yeah. like intense. Unheard of. Yeah. It's just something they cannot do. So Patrice and Mark and Allison all go to a local school and they do like an outreach moment. And I was like, wow, this is like Peace Corps level stuff. Like they come in and they have like a model of a crocodile and they mm-hmm. talk about um, how to be safe around the water. Was somebody wearing a crocodile suit? I wish. That would be amazing. But no. They just kind of tell the kids like, hey, try to stay this distance away from the banks. Don't put yourself in a situation where you could possibly be attacked by a crocodile. And there are a couple scenes in this uh, documentary where there's like fishermen walking the banks and the scientists are like, they shouldn't be doing that. They could definitely die. But it's like their livelihood. And Right. What, th- what do you expect them to do? Yeah. Not wash sir, their clothes? Sir,
0: sir, excuse me. <laughs> you could be attacked by a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> That's the American version. Well, and... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: because all three scientists are white people, there is a little bit of when I'm watching it through like a today lens, I'm kind yes. of like, man, this reeks of like white savior complex. Yeah. Look at us. We're these scientists coming here and then we are going to leave when your country is war torn. We're trying to get out of here before you all get brutally murderized. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, I have some feelings about it. Side note is that in this documentary, they do show because they're talking about when they're t- teaching the kids they're teaching them how fast crocodiles can move and it's like 70 kilometers an hour i mean they're because they're saying it and they're in south africa or like they're right. in africa so they're talking about kilometers i don't remember how many miles that is what is
0: it <laughs> i can only remember when we were peace corps volunteer in the car peace corps volunteers and we were in a taxi that was going like 90 90 kilometers per hour which i think would have been equivalent of like 40 or 50 yeah, and we're like, he's going ninety. Kilometers. I was like, we're I gonna die, gen,
1: we're gonna die. And <laughs> then we realize that all the cars are in kilometers. Yeah,
0: we didn't know. Or yeah.
1: speedometer or whatever. they were talking about how fast crocodiles That's are fast, and they show a clip of a crocodile catching a bat out of a tree. <gasps> and I was like, no, <laughs> whoa!
0: It was like a moment. So it just leap, it leaps straight leaps up. Out.
1: It, well, because they use their tails as like propulsion.
0: Uh huh.
1: And just like you know straight out of the water wow it's just like mouth that's
0: impressive. coming up and
1: just ripped this bat right out of the tree poor and i bat. was like poor bat well all right
0: crocodiles got to eat
1: yeah so they finish up at the school and i don't know how many days later but the cage is complete they finish this this cage they're gonna try and catch him in and it takes i, I wrote nine times six men to carry it <laughs> <laughs> what 54 shit i wrote nine times six because i was trying to count all of them on the video Oh, and I couldn't do the math in my head that fast, so I just kept typing. Anyway, Nine
0: times six men do the math.
1: Fifty-four. Uh, they're carrying this giant cage. It weighs a ton, one ton, and can only be moved by carrying it. I guess they can't put it on a truck. I'm like, why isn't there a truck? They carry it for four miles from where it was made to Nine the Nine times six delta. men. Nine times six men. Yes, that is. Carry it for four miles. And then Allison and the park ranger that was helping her and they say his name and I think they said Nutati, but I couldn't, there were no subtitles and I couldn't figure out that he uh-huh. wasn't in the credits or anything. So
0: oh, I hate when there's no subtitles.
1: Yeah, it was rough. Dumber. But so Allison and this park ranger, they find the spot. They're like, okay, right here. And while they're sitting there, I mean, they've been watching Gustav for like days. And she was just looking at him, his size and everything, his body, all this stuff. She's like, I think he's 100 years old. (gasps) But at one point, he opens his mouth wide and he has a complete set of teeth, which is if he were 100, he would have like no teeth.
0: It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> he's gumming just gumming things in Like that's what happens to crocodiles. He's just waiting for soggy stuff to float up. He's <laughs>
1: <laughs> just milkshakes. He can just milk.
0: He's talking to his grand, great-grands, great grands, great great grands Right? He's like, could you just chomp this
1: up for me, please? <laughs> he's like. <laughs> He does that thing that they do when they're basking. It's like they're thermoregulating. They open up their mouth really wide. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, he's got all his freaking teeth. She's like, oh, he maybe he's like 60. She's like, wow, he's freaking huge for being 60. Right. Because he's 60 he's probably still growing so she's like he's just what gonna... yes. when do they
0: stop growing until when they die when all their teeth fall out <laughs> when all their and teeth fall 100. they can't eat
1: anymore that's so, how
0: like they say how humans noses and ears just keep going keep growing yeah I'm like that's so rude that creeps me out
1: on average in the wild they live about 45 years but that's like the average so okay. they can live up to like 80 years or 100 or 100 that's insane just gumming with it. no
0: teeth i didn't realize
1: <laughs> they would lose all their teeth if you make it to like 100 yeah and you're a crocodile that's just how you
0: die Like starvation because you You have no teeth. Don't have teeth. And people get tired of chewing up your food for you.
1: Yeah. So I had so many thoughts during this part, too. I was like, why didn't they dart him? with something he's sitting right there they're watching him for days they built this ginormous metal cage that took nine times six men (laughs) to carry four miles Uh and it's a cage it's not like i mean it's like 30 feet long it's probably about seven no no i'm sorry it's shorter than that it's like maybe six or five and a half feet high Uh uh-huh so it's like kind of thin yeah. Why did they choose this cage and why didn't they just try and trank him? Maybe because he would try to get away or...
0: Maybe they didn't have access to tranquilizer.
1: It's possible. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. I'm just like, I don't know about this cage. I don't feel real confident about Maybe it was a stipulation
0: the of their permit, Megan. Oh,
1: maybe it was. Maybe you're right. There it is right there, folks.
0: They didn't have an authorized <laughs> biologist to use a right. tranquilizer gun. Mm. Although I feel like the lady that came in from South Africa she- probably yeah. had... Oh, for sure, done that. But maybe she just yeah. didn't. Well, and then I thought,
1: like, why don't they try to get a tracker on him somehow? But I guess they're that like, would sir, also be I'm difficult. just going
0: to put this collar on you. Could you hold still? Just give me a second. Yeah,
1: but again, I don't know about how you trap giant reptiles. That's I mean, that's a whole <laughs> we- nother. Absolutely, no zero about that. I know about little reptiles. I don't know about. ones that are bigger than me they bait the trap they take the trap and they put it in the water's edge so it's kind of like half in the water half out of the water Mm -hmm. and first they bait the trap with cow blood and then the head of a cow the way the trap works is there's like a door in the front And there's a pulley system, and then there's a weight bar. It's just like I said, like a humane cat trap. When he steps on the weight, on the lever thing, and puts weight on it to get the cow head, then the door will close. Uh They set it up like that, and then they put an infrared camera uh, in the back of the cage, like right behind the cow's head, which is creepy.
0: That's super creepy.
1: Yeah, and so the plan is that he gets caught into the trap, and then Allison is going to sedate him with flaxidil. And flaxidil is this sedative that won't knock him out. He'll be awake, but unable to move.
0: So it paralyzes.
1: Yeah. Maybe they didn't decide to trank him because if he went into the water and got carried away with the current or something, they wouldn't oh. be able to fight. Because the water there is really, sed- I mean, there's a lot of sediment. And he could drown or? Maybe he would drown. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But those are all just speculations here. They leave the cage in place for one week. So I'm assuming that they are switching out the cow heads. Or I don't know if they just leave it there. Because, I mean, crocodiles do eat carrion. They see a croc's eye a couple times go by the cage. Mm-hmm. And then, again, by the cage in the opposite direction. They're like, why aren't any crocs going in? Like, not even small crocodiles are going in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because they freaking know. It's a cage. They know it. Yes. And then one morning, about a week later, they see a cow carcass on a sandbar. Like, a full cow carcass. And they are convinced they're like... Gustav went and got this cow and he's like taunting us. He's like cow head. Look at this. I got a freaking cow carcass. He just pulled it up on the sandbar. And then the craziest thing happens. The hippos all come up to the cow uh-huh. and they sniff it and they kind of lick it a little bit. And they all lay down around it Whoa. like a funeral They stay there for two hours and then they leave. And they say that, I guess, scientists who study hippos say that they do this with dead animals. It's like a funeral. Like, they're paying respects, but they just come. And it's, I guess, very rarely ever photographed or seen. And the fact that they got it on video is like this big this big deal. But you can see it. They go and they lay down. They touch it with their noses and kind of lick it. They're very gentle like almost loving and then they lay down next to it.
0: That is wild. Yeah. Maybe they saw the cow as like one of their own. It's like they have a little ceremony.
1: It reminded me of how elephants are. You know if they come across like a dead or even just like the bones of a -hmm. a dead elephant. They like touch it a lot and. Yeah. Wow. It was kind of sad. That is sad. The thing is though that no croc comes to eat the carcass of this cow That's Laying out there, it just lays out there and continues to rot away. And they're like, Oh, okay, so none of these crocodiles are hungry in this area, like, they're just not eating. Like, maybe that's why they haven't taken the bait.
0: Oh, hell no! Because Gustav was like, Don't touch it! (laughs) He's like, I'm playing a trick on the humans. I'm putting the cow here. (laughs) This cow will stay here. You touch it, you die.
1: There's a local medicine man. And he says that the Gustav is under the spell of an evil person and that they have to break the spell. And so they do a ritual. Oh,
0: my God. I love it so much.
1: Yeah. They this do... is almost like spooky time. It is almost. It's like we're just kind of slowly going into. Yeah, well, we're
0: still close to like All Souls Day. Yeah. So
1: they do a ritual near the cage and uh-huh. they kind of wipe all this stuff. I don't know what it is. They don't talk about what it is or anything like that. They put it all over the cage. This like stuff on the cage Uh to expel the the evil spirit and like I guess try to entice Gustav to come to the wow the cage Mm
0: -hmm. that is so cool
1: I think a a couple days later there's some really awful news someone was attacked by a crocodile a fisherman saw it but the body was whole so the crocodile just drowned him it didn't eat the person the fisherman is like it was Gustav I saw him and this is the point in the documentary where I'm like is it Gustav
0: is it there's a lot of crocodiles in there? There's a lot of crocodiles. I definitely
1: think that it's you know people are being eaten by crocodiles. But also, what if Gustav is getting blamed for other people's crimes?
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> what just if saying. he what if Gustav is like? the ringleader right like he's like the godfather yeah and he's sending all these other crocodiles off to do stuff sure but no what i'm saying is people what if
1: oh gustav is no crocodile is touching these people
0: oh and they just drown
1: they drown they get maybe chomped on by a crocodile who's later "Yeah." yeah but i'm just saying like what if there are actual crimes happening, which...
0: Oh, and they're blaming Gustav. Yes. Good, good. Yeah.
1: Because, okay, so there is kind of this like urban legend that Gustav got the taste for human meat during all of the conflict because so many, it was like a, like a million people were murdered and then yeah. thrown into the Delta, like thrown into these oh. wetlands yeah, where all these crocs are. And so they're saying like, oh, that's how he has like gotten the taste for human meat is that he ate all these dead people.
0: That's so horrific to think. Yeah. About. Oh my yeah. God. So
1: but yeah, that's I kind of feel like what if I wonder what the percentage of crimes are that are done by people and then blame like just throwing Gustav under the bus.
0: Gustav's like it wasn't me <laughs> he's like look I ate like one like 10 years ago Jesus. but all these other ones no not me
1: I do know that you know like crocodiles attack people because it happens and right there's actual deaths but still I'm just wondering what the percentage seems is. like a
0: lot for yeah. one crocodile, exactly.
1: After they hear about this, they go, you know, they go actually look at the body. They see the funeral, all of this. They and then there's three weeks left before they have to finish this whole thing before the government changes. So that's where we
0: are now. And there's a war.
1: But I think they're just anticipating that anytime like there's a coup, government change, yeah. there's going to be something going on. Patrice thinks the cage is still the best way, but Allison sits down with them and she's like, "Listen." I think we got to change up methods. We're not catching anything. We're not catching little Crocs. We're not catching middle size. We're not catching shit. So like (laughs) she, I mean, she kind of says it that way to them. Like it's just not working. She's like, Patrice, this is not happening. Patrice,
0: look at me. Look at me in my eyes. Listen, this is how we need to do things. If this were, if they made this a movie and it would have to have Michael Douglas. So, Jen, they did make this a movie. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> I love it so much. Please. Tell me Michael Douglas or Val Kilmer was in it.
1: Unfortunately, they weren't. I Yeah. Allison says, listen, I have a good method. Mm-hmm. It's like a snare trap. And I think it's going to be better than this giant cage like they're just not coming into the cage like they can see that that's something weird mm-hmm. and so a snare trap gonna be a little bit easier to catch them
0: i trust her yes allison do her do your
1: thing her judgment seems to be the best in this situation mm-hmm. and they have noticed that gustav has moved about a mile away from the cage and he's kind of put himself on like a higher bank mm-hmm. like he's not so much in the water Right now. They make three giant snare traps. I mean, they are 20 feet high. You know how a snare trap works. It's like it has like a mm-hmm. rope that goes down. It has a circle and you put the bait inside the circle. And then once the animal gets inside, uh, it trips the snare and then the snare grabs around its it body, tightens, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Tightens it up and then it's stuck there. So it takes them two days after they make the snares. They are actually like welded metal. Mm-hmm. So they're huge snares. They have to dig into the ground and put them in with like pole things, you know. Wow. And like secure them to the ground fully. It takes them two days to set the snares up. Um, and then two days later, the trap springs and they go out there. And But it's not Gustave.
0: It's Antoinette. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? Gustave was like, Antoinette, be a deer. Go over there. Check, <laughs> check that, check that check contraption. That I just want to see what happens. And she's like, Yeah, Gustave. It's great. I'll get Anything that. Anything for, for you, you Gustave. I'll get that carry on for you. I know that you like it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's this smaller female. Uh, they release her and she's really happy to leave. They like show her being released. And she she's, like runs away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they also decide they're going to keep using the cage in addition to these three new traps and so they decide okay the blood and the cow's head it's not working we're going to use live bait so they start out with and i'm very sorry to tell you this jen a chicken (gasps) they put the chicken in overnight for i don't know how many nights that port they have footage of it never gets eaten they basically just torture the chicken and you can see again they have like a flash of an eye Mm -hmm. it's like i see the chicken but i'm too smart for this it's a cage.
0: Do <laughs> You think you can tempt me with a chicken? Like, whatever. Try again.
1: So then they're like, all right, the chicken's not working. So they decide we're going to use a goat. So they go and they get a goat. Of course. So freaking... I mean, it's just like straight Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. They get the goat, put the goat in there, tie it up. It doesn't work. The night they have the goat in the trap in the cage, there's a huge storm. The camera gets destroyed. The cage actually gets lifted and pushed down the bank.
0: Oh, my God. That poor goat. And there's no more goat. They
1: <gasps> never find the goat. Oh,
0: well, so, there's like, there's a lot of crocodiles. Yeah. A <laughs> poor I mean, goat.
1: Maybe the goat got loose and ran away. Maybe the goat got loose and got eaten. I maybe. like to think it ran away. Had yeah. its best life somewhere. Yeah, hopefully.
0: Found like a goat rescue. Yeah. Along the side of the, the water, <laughs> ran up, and they're like, hi, we rescue goats here. And then he just lived his life <laughs> he as was a pet. He was so happy. Yeah. At this point,
1: that's been over a three week period. Mm -hmm. So, their time is up. They aren't safe anymore, and they're being told they have to leave. Patrice says this is just an example of nature against man. And once again, nature has proven to be stronger, but he says it in French. So, sounds cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, After this period of time, there are no more attacks. By Gustav reported hmm. Hmm. very strangely. So, just to give you kind of a timeline of Gustav's appearance, they think that he was born sometime in 1950-ish around there. In 1987 are the first reports of him like attacking people. And then 1990s is when the Rwandan genocide happened and all of the bloodshed and all the bodies, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Like the idea
1: that they got put out in these surrounding areas. And that's where the legend started getting like a lot of power. Then they started talking about how Gustav is this giant crocodile who killed and hunted people. There was a lot of uh, talk about how he was hunting for no reason. Like he didn't eat anybody. And that's why there were just bodies found Mm -hmm. everywhere. But like he didn't need to eat them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, we did learn from your Donner Party business that people aren't so nutritious. So... Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And then he was shot by those AK-47s and they tell the story that he actually ate the bullets. People are like, he just chewed the bullets up and ate them. (laughs) And then in 2007, after all of these things have happened and there's all this legend about him, uh, there was a movie made. And that movie, Jen, is called Primeval. And it is Awful. What? And I had seen it. Did I actually.
0: You watch it?
1: Yes, I watch it today because <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I gotta rewatch this." I kind of remember this. It was movie. no. It was
0: no Lake Placid with Betty White.
1: No. Prime Evil. It has a nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But oh. weirdly, eighty-two percent of Google users like this movie. It was released January twelfth, two thousand seven. It stars Dominic Purcell, Orlando Jones, Brooke Langdon, and Jürgen Prochnow. I hope I said all those names right.
0: Walt Disney Studios.
1: Well, bummer. That's weird.
0: Yeah, primeval. It's one word. Yeah, prime of all. Prime.
1: <laughs> prim eval. That's like you're getting evaluated, but you're like really proper.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I Anyway. <laughs> I gotta do a trailer re- I have to do a trailer review. <laughs> okay. A lot of death. Oh my god. There's a lot of death. That was some crunchy, gushy, moisty sounds. Crunchy crunchiness. Who's that? What are they doing? Oh, is that the main guy? Uh, He's one of the main guys. Is that supposed to be... Um. Oh, that's Orlando Jones. Oh, but is he supposed to be like... Um... He's Patrice? He's the cameraman. No, no. Oh. So much screaming. So much terror. So much fear. So much death. Primeval.
1: Inspired by a true story. Inspired. Okay, so I'll tell you that they did have the cage in the movie. They did have the goat tying up the goat. But they added... That was intense.
0: I'm sorry. I just need a second. Well... <laughs> You watched that today? I watched it. Did you get scared? No, not at all. It's not scary. It's awful. (laughs) Somehow they made the trailer
1: look really intense, Mm -hmm. but um, it's not scary to me. The crocodile, Gustav himself, because they do call him Gustav, and they do try to like kind of base it a little bit on this story and like what they did in the documentary and they make the trap the same, but they don't quite set it up the same. Anyway, it, it's just not scary the, Gustav is computer generated and he moves way faster than any crocodile in real life would and has, you know, it like, I hope at- you wrote a movie review for this.
0: You're like, excuse me, Um, I watched the PBS documentary and this is not accurate.
1: I will say they 100% do a white savior thing in this movie. Oh. It's just real. It's real something. It's real something. Even Orlando Jones, who is a black man, he plays a cameraman in the movie because it's basically the premise is that there there's this guy who works for a newspaper or tele, like some kind of television company or something like that. He gets demoted a little bit because he did something bad. I can't remember. It's like the very beginning. He, he might malign someone maybe and it's just not the right information mm-hmm. or he didn't double check his source or something. And so his boss is like, you're going to go with this animal person. Now you got go to go do the crocodile. <laughs> right. This, like, super hot nature girl who uh, (laughs) writes stories about crocodiles. And she's like, oh, we got to go, you know, and look at this crocodile. So they all go and this cameraman comes with them, Orlando Jones. And at one point, he has a line where he's complaining about Africa. And he says... Slavery was good. Africa is awful. I would do anything to get out of here. And I was like, this movie is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life.
0: I have no words for that. Nope. yeah, that's messed up. I wonder how he felt about saying that. Line. I want to know. yeah, yeah the acting is
1: okay, but it's not a good movie. I think the scariest part or kind of creepiest part was Orlando Jones's character dies. He gets eaten by the crocodile spoiler alert.
0: Well, he's in the trailer quite a bit. he is You'd think he would have been a survivor. Nope.
1: He doesn't make almost at the very end. He kind of dies and, and they kind of dies. Like or he he dies? dies. He fully <laughs> dies and they find his body. I mean, it's this whole backstory. They kind of villain. They villainize these local people. And, and then there's kind there's like this uh, warlord who's killing everybody called little, little Gustav. Like he named himself after the crocodile. Anyway, Does the biologist live? No, the biologist gets murdered, not by the crocodile.
0: Red rummed right yeah. in the beginning. Probably uh, a, about halfway
1: through well yeah well so that sucks
0: but um, <laughs> and
1: he's there's only one biologist he's a white guy a british guy there's another guy i thought it was a girl
0: oh she was the newspaper oh the newspaper yeah oh, yeah. oh she the girl is
1: the news she does not die okay. the the main guy who's like the guy who got reprimanded has to go and do this stuff with this girl they both live oh. and then they save a local boy and bring him back to the States with them.
0: Back to um, civilization. Civilization, Jen. Okay. Right.
1: So, yeah, there's that. There's a lot of themes in this movie that are just like, Meh.
0: Like people just give away their kids. Yeah.
1: But there is a, a hunter with them. So it had a very similar feeling to Ghost in the Darkness. Because there was like that like kind of crazy hunter who's just like, <laughs> let's murder them all. Like Michael <laughs> yeah. Douglas' character. He's yes. in it. Like there's a Michael Douglas character, not played by Michael Douglas, but a guy who looks a lot like him. He and the biologist don't get along because the biologist is like, we got to save this animal and study him. He's so great. And the hunter is like, let's throw grenades at him. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I wrote the thing about the tracking device. And then I watched this movie. And then in the movie, they actually do tag the crocodile Gustav with a tracking device and they have a little thing that they carry around and as it gets closer to them it's like oh,
0: it's like scare factor yeah beeping yeah.
1: and I was like all right well now I feel stupid for suggesting that but whatever I'll keep it in
0: wow so you did that today I did that today. I was at Home Depot and you were watching Primaeval <clears throat> <laughs> Primival. <laughs> prim <Jen>, eval, <Prim-eval>. prim eval. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's the
1: fun story about Gustav, the man-eating Nile crocodile. Oh, I meant to say that also.
0: Wait, so they never caught him?
1: Oh no, they never caught him. In fact, he's he's presumed to still be alive to this day. The statistic that they that they give on all of these articles uh, is that Gustav has eaten or like murdered. 300 people, he's consumed 300 people. But the way that they came up with that number is that Patrice was like, oh, in this period of time that he was traveling up this river, 17 people died by crocodile attack. And so if you were to say that it, whatever that period of time was over, I forget how many, if it was like a month or or like two weeks or something like that, mm-hmm. if you were to multiply it out, it would be 300 people.
0: That's some bad science right that's- there. There's no modeling happening there. No, no. no.
1: Correlation is not causation, just FYI. So yeah, I just don't think that that's an accurate number.
0: That's just wild. And like you said, there could have been a lot of deaths. Mm-hmm. That might have been an after the fact crocodile bite yeah but somebody drowned or somebody was murdered and threw them in i mean that is a great way to you know get
1: rid of a, i think we've talked about this yeah. before get rid of a body not that we're trying to get rid of any bodies but Look, <laughs> <we're
0: not. laughs> but i mean there's people that do that and yeah. places swampy areas where there's known to be alligators or crocodiles mm-hmm. and
1: and it reminds me a lot too of the saltwater croc when we talked about the japanese soldiers mm-hmm. it was like how many japanese soldiers actually died by salt water croc uh, attacks and how yeah. many died and then just got eaten mm-hmm. or chomped on a little Attack, bit just like yeah, yeah chewed after the
0: fact and post-mortem. again mortem
1: not to like downplay people's deaths i mean that's awful if you get attacked by a crocodile oh my and end up dying yeah just uh, at the same and time and all on one this... crocodile when there's right. like a lot
0: of crocodiles so many I mean, no doubt people get killed from crocodile attacks yes. but yeah
1: not everybody being able to identify him properly i mean he's huge i think maybe people exaggerate him in their minds a little bit
0: i'm kind of happy they didn't catch him i I know. I mean, I'm sure it's scary for people who live around there. Yes. So I feel sorry for people that he did kill and Mm -hmm. he's still out. But in a way, I'm kind of like, you go, Gustav. Just be your crocodile self. You do you, man. Just be free. You and Antoinette just swim off into the sunset eat as many seahorses as you want <laughs> just gobble up those seahorses
1: <laughs> so for my organization to support this week jen i mean do you have any questions about gustav oh no i'm could... just kind of thinking
0: that we should make a you know like a maybe like a a new movie for him called yeah. gustav and antoinette a love story a, another disney movie yeah I'm there. The cartoon
1: version. I don't know. Maybe live action. Let's see some sexy time.
0: (laughs) Sexy time. Let's see it happen. I mean, they ate a few people, but, you know, they love each other. Okay, no, let's hear your organization to support.
1: All right. So my organization to support this week is the Crocodile Specialist Group. It can be found at IUCNCSG.org. It's actually an International Union for Con- Conservation of Nature, IUCN, Species Survival Commission Group. It is a worldwide network of biologists, wildlife managers, government officials, independent researchers, non-government representatives, farmers, traders, tanners, fashion leaders, and private companies actively involved in the conservation of the world's 23 living species of alligators, crocodiles, caimans, and gar garel. I can never say that word. Gariel in the wild. Cool. Yeah. That's nice. So you can make a monetary contribution or you can support by purchasing- Publications that people have made about crocodiles who are part of this group, Mm -hmm. um, CSG publications, uh, support major conservation initiatives, volunteer to participate in activities, including meetings and workshops, or be directly involved in field research and conservation programs, or donate equipment that can be used in conservation programs in developing countries.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's nice. Pretty neat. I'll let you donate to that one. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I did look up some pictures while you were... Of Gustav. So I see this one where it's like a bunch of them in the water and they circled one with like a ginormous dome. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, compared to all the other ones that look like...
1: So you know how crocodiles have kind of like... I guess it would be kind of the, the top of their head. They have these like little things that stick up a little bit. They yeah. almost look like horns kind of, but not really. They're just like really small. They're like eyebrows. Like eyebrows. His are huge. They're huge. Did you, are
0: you posting this picture?
1: I should. It's pretty
0: cool. It's a pretty good picture. Yeah. And he looks really worn. Since they tried to get him in 2007, have there been more... like, Have they been, been able to track any more deaths to him that they think? They, they haven't
1: have- reported any more to him. Okay. Which is why I think that because a lot of the deaths were like around the time that they, you know, purportedly came from him, Uh, were around the time that there was all that internal conflict and civil Mm -hmm. war and Mm -hmm. all these people dying and that kind of stuff. Like, I think that that legend, I think he's a huge crocodile, guaranteed. Right. He might just be really good at eating, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe he did eat people for sure. Like, I, I think people have seen him. I tried to find where someone had an eyewitness account of a person being attacked by Gustav, and I could not find an eyewitness account of, you know, like, even just like a newspaper, some kind of clipping. I feel like there are just so many crocodiles in that area. Like, how can you say?
0: Well, I'm wondering if it's just orally. Like, people just tell their stories. Yes. And it's just like locals that are like, this happened where we saw it or this guy saw this. Yeah. And however much of that is true or was like coconut wireless kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting story, Megan. Yes. Thank you for sharing. You're very welcome. Uh, so, Jen, it is that time oh, of our episode.
1: Hmm. Where we talk about our emergency preparedness kit. Are you ready?
0: Well, I know for our other episode with the saltwater crocodiles, we said we would get some stilts.
1: Some stilts. That's and a right. poo on
0: demand card. Yes. Yeah. Because pooping. Because pooping. Because no one wants to eat poop. I feel like that h 2 just talked about that. You I think poop? they were talking about that. What episode was it that they were like, well, no one wants to eat you or, or kill you if you pooed yourself. And I was like, we just talked about that. Oh, it must have been some kind of... I don't know if it was the the ones I've listened to lately or their more recent ones, which was the Bram Stoker's Dracula, which (laughs) let me tell you guys... If you want to listen to something that is so freaking funny, Uh, go listen to that H. Well, that episode is I was laughing out loud. I think we're like fully fans now. I was cleaning my (laughs) chicken coop and laughing. My chickens were like, what is going on?
1: I listened to that episode twice. Yeah, it's so so good. good. It's
0: so good. Anyway, especially if you like that movie, which everybody kind of likes that movie. It's It's weird how. Yeah. Yeah. So for this episode for Gustav, I feel like he's sophisticated enough. Yeah. That I would need something more intellectual.
1: Like a French mime?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would just feed those to him. (laughs) We would have to come up with something a little more bougie for him.
1: He would need something that had like a nice bouquet to it. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes.
0: I mean, I'm not trying to say like to eat him. I'm just trying to say like to take him off your trail.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since he's, I mean, he's not French but he's been named by a Frenchman so that he's like now automatically French. Yeah. That maybe we could talk about a nice glass of wine that calms him down. Because, okay, let me just mention. A nice loaf of bread. I I think I forgot to, yeah, I think I forgot (laughs) to mention this about him because he's so freaking big. Mm-hmm. He can't catch things that move fast. Oh. Yeah. It's like, because usually, if you remember back to the beginning of the episode, when I was talking about what they eat, they eat a lot of fish, mm-hmm. um, but it's like fish are too fast for him, because he's he's got to move all that tonnage that around. girth. Yeah. He's like, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's... And even Allison says it in the
0: documentary, she's like, he's fat. Like <laughs> It's all those humans. He's chunky. <laughs> like, he's just... <laughs> Oh, man, that's just taking me back to Madagascar part three, was it? Hippos? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> people might be more appetizing to him because they don't move as fast. Because <laughs> they're so scared.
0: Yeah. They're like trying to reach for your gun and you just get eaten. Petrified. So I'm thinking that Gustavs, he's very intelligent, almost civilized. So I think that a nice french wine definitely he's huge so you need a few barrels we need a few barrels that could get expensive we would definitely need to go for the house just give us a house red <laughs> the house red is whatever's fine. It's on fine. sale yes <laughs> just give us it. <laughs> whatever just make it a red
1: yeah he's french but not bougie not he's, super bougie he's
0: not super bougie yeah, yeah. i mean but i think he'd enjoy that and yeah. instead of a goat mm-hmm. let's we'll give him some uh, some goat cheese that's beautiful we don't want to hurt any animals yeah but i feel like he would appreciate that mm-hmm. someone who recognized it might be delightful for him so i would definitely throw him off my scent with some plus who doesn't want to have in their emergency preparedness kit some wine and cheese. Just saying. Yeah. And if you ever come across a three ton, you know, man eating crocodile named Gustav. You got an extra barrel of wine. You're, you're set. Some goat cheese. A croissant. <laughs> Some a <laughs> loaf of bread, perhaps. Perfect. I mean, you're good to go. Yeah. Sticking with that. I'm going th- with the civilized route on this one. We don't want to hurt him. We want to appreciate him yes. for who he is. Yes. Agreed. And let him savor his last few years. What if
1: he's already lost his teeth? Well, he's, I mean, goat cheese is where it's at because and you don't wine. Have to chew that. <sighs> Done. And when well, bread hits the water, it gets kind of soggy.
0: <laughs> Live out your golden years, Gustav, in style. Do it. It's what I say. I like it. Plus, I always want wine and cheese in my emergency preparedness kit. Well, yeah. With, at all times. That's what we're going with this time, Megan. I like it. Thank you for that amazing story. We don't have any patrons to shout out this episode, but to all of our patrons, we appreciate you.
1: And if you would like to become a patron, check out our website, click on our Patreon link, or you can go to our link tree on Instagram and check out our Patreon that way.
0: Other ways you can support, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we'll send you a sticker. Possibly two if you send us pictures of your pets. Fill out the contact form on our website or you can just email us at you're going to die out there at gmail.com and send me your mailing address it's that easy
1: you can also support us by checking out our sponsor links on our website sponsor page all of our sponsors are eco-friendly zero waste you will get discounts using our discount codes and the links that we provide
0: and you can also support us by following us on instagram or twitter and listening on any platform like stitcher google Podcasts, and spotify Oh, and if you have ideas for stories or you saw some interesting news or some science news, feel free to send us an email or send us a DM on Instagram. And until next time, don't die out there. Bye.
1: The common name for Nile crocodile is Nile crocodile. <laughs> wow, that's a <laughs> Wait, that's some amazing information. That. I meant to say scientific name and then I meant to read it but I read it anyway.
0: Okay. They just spent a lot of time like with the camera like on the torso <laughs> like to examining it. You're as the viewer, you're just like, "Oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> Please stop. So vile."
1: Yeah. It was shocking. It was shocking. I didn't I'm think sorry. I would be shocked by stuff like that. Uh but I
0: was f- shocked i didn't think i'd be shocked i was shocked there was so much shocking that happened
1: i practically leapt out of bed all right take me
0: take me now oh god take me gustav
1: this this has turned into something very wrong i love it
0: Uh, ravish me (laughs) ravish my lorins gustav (laughs) Crocodile porn.
1: (laughs) They're just thrashing around.
0: Because when you said she shows her throat like, you can eat me. Yeah. I was like, but that seems like more like, you can have me. Like sexy time. Like like crocodile sexy time. (laughs)
1: I mean, Sorry. maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. They cut away from that scene. So well, well that's why. What happened right after? It's that. Gustav. They're like, like, oh, we can't show this on PBS. Oof. We can show a human torso, but we cannot <laughs> show crocodile sex. All right.
0: Do they have what is it called when they have two penises? Hemi-penis? Hemi-penis, yeah. Hemi penis. Hemi penis. Yeah, like hemipen. Uh, like <laughs> like a uh, monitor lizard. Yes. I wonder what her name is. Gustav's lady. Lady yeah. love. What's a good French name? Greta. Oh no, that's like more of a Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> Her name is Antoinette. Oh my God, that's so perfect. <laughs> Gustave and Antoinette. I love it.
1: <laughs> did you just like type in French names for yes, women? Yes, I
0: did. Antoinette and Gustave. I have come for you.
1: <laughs> Let us travel to the murky depths <laughs> and do the uh, sexy time. And
0: do the sexy time.
1: Yes. <laughs> A wee <oui> wee. <oui. laughs> <laughs> okay. All right.